This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined, as always, by Robert Stewart. And Robert, it seems like the, the Razorbacks might have found their bats. Doesn't it, though? I mean, 21 runs on 20 hits against Grambling State on Tuesday. How about that? Uh, and and they hit 500 with with uh, runners in scoring position, too. It was a, you know, it was a get-right game. It, yeah. it, it served its purpose. Nine for 18 with, with risk. It was... It was uh, it was a very productive uh, outing in in just six innings, really. You know, one thing with with Arkansas teams, at least in recent history, it seems like they've struggled against a, a, a Grambling team like this that's going to throw out dudes who don't throw you know harder than eighty five. But I feel like it's exactly what the doctor ordered for some of these guys, because you think about you know half the lineup is new faces, and and I think specifically, and this didn't exactly happen with Vahiva Aloy. But maybe a guy like Jason Jones, where you're just trying to catch up to the speed of the game, and he hits two home runs, including a grand slam. Like that's a that's a Jason Jones game. Now for him to carry that over, that's one thing. That like that's a completely different thing. Because now you know you're asking, you're saying, okay, you did it against 59 mile an hour curveball guy for Grambling, <laughs> but can you now do that against SEC competition? And so that's to be determined. But yes, the get right factor of it. The fact that they just, you know, put bats to balls, finally hit a home run. Did you know they were on a five-game streak without hitting a home run? I, I don't think I realized it, it had reached five games, but I knew they didn't hit one while we were in Texas. Um, but that that's a good point that you bring up. Usually they struggle against this lower-velocity Grambling team, and I remember they had the one dude throwing the curveball under 60 miles an hour. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they certainly responded to it well this time. All right, so Arkansas currently sitting at 6-2 and two overall on the year, the number two overall team in the nation, according to D1 Baseball, which we determined on Monday is the only one that you follow. Uh, you know, a lot, of people, um, a lot of people got upset with me for getting upset with College Baseball Central, which, you know, respect to them. They're bringing, they're bringing more eyes to the game. You know, you always respect that, and you're thankful for that. But, I mean, when a team wins a head-to-head, that they should they should probably be ranked ahead. I realize that Oregon State only had one loss, um, but that one loss was to Arkansas, which was ranked below Oregon State. <laughs> and also, uh, also the season's like seven games old at that point. So, like you know, I that's that's definitely a reason to to give the edge to the head-to-head team there. Well, and you know, a lot of people, like you said, seven games into the year, I'm not upset that Arkansas's only number five. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm smart enough to realize that rankings don't matter at all in college baseball. But um, I think that they were intentionally and purposefully being wrong, and that that's why I got upset. <laughs> so that's um, – we can, we can talk about that more later. But you got Murray State this weekend on today's episode. If all works out, because we haven't done the interview yet, but if all works out, we're going to have Murray State left-handed pitcher Thomas McNabb I don't know if we've ever had an opposing player on the podcast, have we? I I don't think we have. We we got close in the regional last year. I uh, while I was training for my internship in Austin, uh, I met somebody who knew what was his name, Eamon something for Santa Clara. Gosh, I have it right here, Eamon Eamon. Nobody Lance cares. the DH, <laughs> Eamon Lance. You remember him? He hit like a home run or two against the Hogs in in uh, the Fayetteville regional last year. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> you know i i was I, I couldn't believe it anyway yes it'll be the first opponent opposing player on the pod should it happen should it happen yes we we have this thing where we kind of like forget that we have to do the podcast until thursdays and then we try to like schedule everything on thursday sometimes and uh it doesn't always work out but we're hoping to talk with thomas he graduated from conway high school in arkansas with me and so we were just talking with each other this week and you know, it's a little weird because it's like, dang, it's been it's actually been like five years since we graduated high school. So we I we have I have at least reached the point in my life where I'm looking back on the good old days of high school. Um, so shout it's out. it's a weird time, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, OK, so I want to remind everybody before we really get into the weeds of all this episode that we are brought to you by hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. That is the rival's website covering your Arkansas Racebacks. If you visit it today, you'll have all that great coverage that you want covering your favorite team, not only baseball, but football and basketball. Um, 
unfortunately, the basketball team lost to Vanderbilt. I don't know how much you want to read about the basketball team, but we've we've got uh, spring football previews up there, a ton of baseball content. Plus, if you subscribe, you can be on the trough message board, which is where we put all of our insider info, plus a lot of other good stuff. So make sure you subscribe to hogbeat.com today. Would really appreciate it. A lot of great stuff going on over there, as always. And then Bet Saracen is the mobile sports gambling partner of hogbeat.com. It is also the mobile sports gambling app of the Saracen Casino Resort. So download it today and you'll get those double R props. Um, and when I say that, those are player props for Arkansas baseball. And I really don't know where you can get el- where else you can get them. I really don't think you can get player props for Arkansas baseball anywhere else. And if you can, you're not going to have as many options as you will on Bet Saracen. So if you're an Arkansas baseball fan, you like to gamble on Arkansas baseball, um, you do need to be in the state of Arkansas, but there's no better app than Bet Saracen. So I highly encourage you to get it and gamble responsibly. Robert, you had something to say. Yeah, did you decide if you're going to Rupp this weekend? I'm not going to Rupp Arena, dude. No chance that I'm driving 10 hours to Lexington, Kentucky and back, especially after they lost to Vanderbilt, bro. Baseball guy right there. Proud of you. Well, here's the thing. We booked the hotel in Lexington after they beat Duke. So at the time, it was a great hotel booking. I was super excited for the trip. I was honestly looking forward to the trip until maybe like two weeks ago. You know, when I realized, okay, this team's really not going to turn it around. <laughs> I, I I remember the conversations we've had and watching the dread start to set in about that trip. So good good for you for just deciding to eat it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not going, man. I'm not going. I'm going to watch Thomas McNabb pitch. So let's get into it. Let's talk about these Murray State Racers. Sorry, I had to unmute there. Yes, let's talk about these Murray State Racers. Um, some interesting stats um, f- uh, for these racers. They uh, are 2-2 two and two on the road, if if I'm looking at this correctly. They lost to SEMO, uh, frequent Arkansas midweek opponent, SEMO. And then uh, they took a weekend series 2-3 of three from ULM uh this this past weekend um i guess we can start with the rotation i think this is how it's going to go uh we'll we'll they're they're all old right you got two graduate uh players and and a senior on saturday if if things shake out the way i think they're going to starting with jacob pennington they're all right-handed as well jacob pennington on friday uh has only pitched one game but it went quite well for him if i can find his stats. Yep, seven innings, four hits, no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts uh, against the Warhawks last weekend. Solid start for Pennington there. Uh, and then how about Cade Vernon on Saturday? He had a nice start in his opener, not so nice last weekend. He's up to a 6.52 ERA on the year. Uh, total of seven earned runs allowed, 13 hits in nine and two-thirds innings. And then how about graduate righty Ryan Fender on Sunday? Ryan Fender, who is working with a 3.52 ERA in just under eight innings pitched. So um, there you go. You got a you got an experienced rotation for the racers, and it will be interesting to see how the Hogs respond to them. Yeah, um, you know, the thing about these type of uh, weekend series is that normally this is going to be a team that's going to have a good shot of winning its conference. I'm going back through our week-by-week predictions to see how Riley McFerrin and Cabo picked it. They both picked Arkansas to to, uh, sweep this week. So, Grambling, let's see. I wanted to see if they had any, like, preseason all-conference players. Outfielder Drew – or Dustin Mercer, infielder Drew Vogel are names to keep an eye on. Uh, and that's it. So, like, nothing crazy about preseason players. Let's see how those guys are doing that. Because that was before the season. Vogel hitting 375. With an OPS above 1,000. Yeah. He's he's one of several players. This this Murray State lineup, the, the, the stats jump off the page a little bit. Yeah. What did you say their record was? You said they're 2-2 two and two away? Yeah. 2-2 two and two on the road, 6-2 and two overall. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Carson Garner has five home runs for them. He's kind of raking five of their 11. So, I mean, he's he's getting it done. He's slugging over a thousand right now. He's he also has walked 11 times, and that's a team high. This Two dude's getting four on base. strikeouts. <laughs> he's getting on base. Uh, he's got a 632 OBP. <laughs> talk, talk about a money ball guy. Yeah. 
That would that would probably be the Moneyball guy if we were covering Murray State. So, yeah, I I would say look out for him, and wouldn't be surprised to see him intentionally walked at least once this weekend. Here's the thing about uh, previewing Murray State for us right now, though, is that uh, if we do indeed have Thomas McNabb on, he can just tell us everything we need to know. <laughs> so, uh, Thomas though, two appearances on the year. Three innings pitched, giving up two hits, no runs, one walk, three strikeouts. How many batters has he faced? Can you see that? I don't know if you can see that or not. Thomas McNabb. Sorry, the text is small on this stats page. Do-do-do-do, bad radio. Say it, Mason. This is It's horrible radio what's going on right now. I would just expect you to have the answers to all my questions. I, I can't see a batter's okay. face on this stat sheet. Well, that's fine. We can ask him. Uh, but, yeah, no, interesting. I'm gonna have to ask because, like, when he was in high school, the dude was topping out at like 82. There, he he was not playing college baseball. It was the same with James Hicks, and we I talked to him last year. He was a pitcher for South Carolina, pitched at Conway High School in Conway, Arkansas. Uh, both of them went to Crowder College, actually. So shout out Crowder College, Peyton Holt, you. So, uh, but let's let's actually let's take things back because I realized when we were previewing uh, Murray State that. We didn't really talk anything about the Grambling game. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that. We got to talk about the pitching. Hudson Polk hit a grand slam in his first at bat. A pretty eventful Tuesday game for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah, as you mentioned, Hudson Polk getting his season started with a little 5,000 OPS. Uh, it came back down to earth a little bit, but um, yeah, dead center. Um, it was It was the fourth different guy to catch a game for the Hogs this year in, what, eight games? Yeah, four starting catchers in eight games. How about that? Don't see that every day. I don't season. think – I mean, like, Bubba Carpenter, who who's the, the color analyst on the Arkansas radio broadcast, he said that he's never seen it before. So that's a guy who's watched a lot of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's – uh, it's certainly a, a unique thing there. Yeah, and, and, I mean, the bats just, you know, they, they didn't waste any time, right? Seven runs in the first uh, took advantage of – some errors, which, as we mentioned on the last episode, they didn't really seem to do in uh, in Arlington, save that one um, in, you know, I think it was the fourth run they scored against Oregon State when on, on the drop pop-up. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they got after it right away, hit around in the first inning, sent 11 men to the plate. Um, first six guys who came to the – who came to bat scored. It was uh, – again, a get-right game. Yeah, so I I was going back to find my story. All all but one of the 13 Arkansas batters had a hit. Every single Arkansas batter reached base in the game. Every single uh, batter scored as well. Every single that's crazy. Uh the Moneyball guy Peyton Holt reached in all five at bats. Um he scored in the nine hole. In the nine hole scored four four runs. Um we mentioned Jason Jones earlier had the two home runs, six RBI in the game. Do you have uh do you have metrics on those home runs? Um I have footage for sure. Um I mean, four, he smoked those two balls. Polks was a four hundred and twenty foot grand slam, four hundred and twenty one foot, sorry. To center, which is very impressive. Yeah, I don't I I know Jones's grand slam was four twenty five. I know both of his home runs were definitely four hundred plus. So yeah, he he smoked both of them. You hope that that gives him some confidence moving forward. Uh, mentioned Hudson Polk. He had the grand slam, drove in four runs with one swing. Kendall Diggs had a couple RBI knocks in this one, um, so that was good to see. As Dave Van Horn would say, Will Edmondson led off for the second game in a row, scored three runs, two hits, two walks. Yeah, man, it was an all around good game. At the plate, I'm trying to see who else did we see in the game. Uh, Ross Lovich had three hits, a couple RBI knocks as well. Jack Wagner got in the game. Nolan Souza played some shortstop uh, late in the game. That was interesting. Um, you know, it, it, it like if if Fahiba keeps struggling, you have to start talking about something like that. <laughs> you just yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, it was it was a good game at the plate. Can we circle back to Kendall Diggs for a minute? Because I feel like we haven't talked much about him at all this year. And yet he's quietly put together a 400 batting average with an OPS at almost 1,100. I think it's because he hasn't hit any home runs. If he hit if he hit one home run, we would probably be talking a lot more about him. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But five of his 12 hits are doubles. Isn't it crazy that 
Jason Jones' two home runs on Tuesday is now good enough for the team high. <laughs> Nobody else has more than one home run on the year. Hey, I mean, you know, that that seems generally to be a staple of, of DVH's teams, or at least in the past several years, but uh, we're, not, we're not seeing it. So, so, I mean, to this point in, in 2024, it's interesting. It is. Uh, I want to talk about the pitching on Tuesday because, honestly, it look, it was grambling. So let's all – Let's all take a second here to to just think about the opponent and just let's, let's analyze not start it. any let's not start any golden spikes campaigns. Let but let's let's really mull over it and, and chew on it for about eight seconds here and just realize Arkansas was playing grambling on Tuesday and just think about the fact that, you know, I could have played baseball for UAPB. I definitely <laughs> could have played baseball for grambling. Like I almost brought out the UAPB Photoshop on Tuesday because I was like, these dudes, man, I like look, they're playing college baseball, but I could play that level of college baseball. I could t- I could go on the mound and throw fifty nine. I could. Mason, are you ready for April twenty third in North Little Rock? Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna suit up for the Golden Lions that day? I might. I forgot that they're playing UAPB there, but you know, I might. I might have to hit up their head coach and let them know I have eligibility left. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, but so Colin Fisher got the start a little, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, that's weird. DVH made it seem like he wasn't going to throw. He only went one inning. Uh, and here's the thing. The first five names that I'm going to list are all scoreless. All of them went scoreless. Um, so Colin Fisher goes an inning, walks one, strikes out one. Parker Coyle, two innings, gives up one hit, uh, strikes out one, walks none, retires all six batters he faced. Cooper Dossett. The the most electric inning of the day. He goes one, strikes out the side, strikes out all three batters he faced. Cooper Dossett, we got to talk about him. <laughs> we got to talk yeah. about him. Yeah. Uh, Christian Fouch, one scoreless, walks one, strikes out one. Gage Wood, one scoreless, two strikeouts, no hits. All these guys face the minimum except for Colin Fisher. He walked one. And then Tate McGuire there in the, in the top of the seventh, of course, gave up the shutout, unfortunately. But he still struck out three batters. gave up gave up one run on three hits, but struck out three. So you take it and you give it. You won. Tw- you won by twenty runs. Uh, th- those are things you can afford to do when you're up twenty one. Yes. Uh, but Cooper Dossett, man, the movement that he had going on some of his pitches, and I mean, he was sitting ninety five, ninety six on the velo. He was really impressive. Logan Forsyth, who uh, who is. Now we're going to call some Razorback baseball games on the SEC Network. Uh, I was tuned in to his broadcast, and he was speaking very, very highly of Cooper Dossett. Bubba Carpenter also speaking very, very highly of Cooper Dossett. Um, and even last year, like I remember before last year, before his freshman year, you know, he was the guy. He was one of the freshmen along with that group of like Bybee, Fouch, Coyle. Dossett was right outside, and he kind of got – he was kind of the odd man out. I want to say he might have had an injury last year. I can't remember. Yeah, it 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 started in in the or not started necessarily, but we we noticed he was he was trying to come back from it like in the in the winter scrimmages, and then we didn't see him until late in the season, right? Yeah, some something like that. It it was a weird first year for Dossett because I do feel like the the two at least like maybe the two preseason scrimmage weeks leading up to last year, he had really come along and made it seem like he might contribute. And it just didn't happen. And, and he went so long without pitching and then he stepped in and burned his red shirt. It was, it was, it was kind of a strange situation, but you know, there, there were also were like four different injuries to important arms last year. So yeah, maybe he had to step in. He, I'm trying to pull up the games. So he pitched, he pitched on against TCU in that 18 to six game early in the year. He gave up four runs. Oh, that's right. Hits. That's right. Yeah. He so his red three. shirt was burned early on. Yeah. That was, that was really bad from him. Um, but yeah, no, it's just another, another arm, man. This, they contend. It seems like every pitcher who has thrown has done well for Arkansas this year. I'm trying to think of like, has there been anybody who hasn't thrown well that hasn't bounced back from it because we've we've seen some bad outings. I mean, Hagen Smith had a bad outing, um, right? And then Pitt followed it up with a game of his life, right? Even even Coyle, you know, bounced back from his bad outing with with two scoreless. 
right? Yeah, I don't think anybody has had a bad outing and hasn't come back and and or at least I don't think anybody's had only one bad outing and and that's it. Everybody else has looked good at least some point this year. Dawson's yeah, the only one who's thrown who only has one outing, so right. Um, and and it's funny, right? Because I feel like I've talked at least a couple times this year about that that batch of sophomore arms, and totally forgot to mention Cooper Dossett. And yet, he's he's absolutely one of them. And and you know who's a huge uh, Cooper Dossett guy, uh, fellow Springfield, uh, excuse me, Springdale Bulldog, Andrew Hutchinson. Yeah. Uh. Well, you know Dossett's not a bulldog. He's a he's a wildcat. He's a Harbor Wildcat. Ah, that's right. Yes. I feel like there's probably like a big rivalry between. Those two. Shiloh Christian's also there. I know people don't like Shiloh at all. So um which I I like Shiloh. I I I do like Shiloh. I want to make that clear. I like Shiloh, but there are people who don't like Shiloh. Um <laughs> but yes, uh Dossett, product of Springdale Harbor, who if I took if I took this computer that I'm recording on and some might be watching on YouTube. Which shout out to people who watch on YouTube. I get messages anytime I don't upload a, a a video public to YouTube saying like I like to watch it on my TV. So don't know why you're watching our faces on your TV, but really appreciate it. Uh, but if I if I did take my my camera here or my computer that I'm recording on, which is actually my wife's, so if the if the quality sucks, I'm sorry, my computer broke. Uh, I could show you Harbor High School. That was a long winded answer to get you to the fact that I live within viewing distance of Harbor High School. I can I can confirm this. I've been to his house. Yeah. So I don't care about Harbor High School. I just can see it. So shout out Cooper Dossett, the former Harbor Wildcat. Okay. So I think that's Tate McGuire. Yeah, man. Here's the thing. I thought about like being like, man, Tate McGuire gave up the shutout. That really stinks. But I, then I was like, Arkansas is up 21 to one right now. I'm not. He struck out three batters. You know, I'm sure Tate was not happy with his outing, so he'll he'll get it figured out. He he will. I mean, I, that that's just one of those where like go out there, get your inning, feel feel more comfortable with your stuff at this level, and and build on it. Yeah. Yep. Good bullpen day and good day at the plate for the Razorbacks against Grambling. Okay. Uh, before we move on here. I want to remind you about hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Just check it out. You, look, just give us a shot. Just look at it. Just click on a few stories. Just go to the website. Click on a few stories. I, I guarantee that you will read it and be interested in it and find it to be high-quality content that you're not really going to get anywhere else. We spend time working on these stories, forming them, shaping them, editing them, put, put in the little details in it so that it's not only reads well but it's visually pleasing for you so i highly encourage you to visit the website we we work very hard on all of our content on hogbeat.com including this podcast which is also brought to you by bet saracen that is the mobile sports gambling app for the saracen casino resort we talked about it the double r props look i'm not a gambling guy but if i was (laughs) if i was on monday i probably would have taken the jack wagner player prop and i would have hit if i took that so uh you could have done the same if in theory you were a gambling person. You could you could take those player props for Arkansas baseball and you could have made some money on Jack Wagner getting a hit in an RBI against Grambling, because that's literally free money. How how the heck is Jack Wagner not, not gonna get he he even pinch hit and got a hit in an RBI against Grambling. So uh look, when the money's that free, you gotta take it and you gotta get on Bet Saracen if you're in the state of Arkansas. So highly encourage it. To download the Bet Saracen app today. Okay. Um, Mason, was that the first time you were gambling on Grambling? <laughs> that I did not gamble on Gramble. I did not do it, Robert. <laughs> not not a gambling guy. Not a gambling my, my guy. Bad. Okay. Ooh, you almost got me there, buddy. That would have been bad. <laughs> You're trying to get me in trouble, Robert. I, I me, I would never. All right. Uh, before we get to Thomas McNabb. Let's talk about uh, a few updates from the head coach himself, Dave Van Horn. He provided, he definitely provided an injury update on Peyton Stovall uh, after Tuesday's game. And here's what he said. I'm not going to play audio, by the way. When I said that, I felt like I was going to hit play and play some audio. (laughs) I also thought that was coming. Okay. He says, uh, well, I'm probably not the right guy to ask. Classic DVH answer. 
when it ends. Please let us talk to the trainer. Uh, you probably got to ask Peyton or our trainer, <laughs> uh, or our doctor. Uh, I'll just say right in the middle. So he said five weeks total, not five weeks left. So maybe a couple more weeks. The initial timeline was four to six weeks from February 5th. So while I read, Robert, you do the math on that. Uh, but he's moving around good. He's throwing, swinging the bat off a chair, whatever we can do to just keep him going. As soon as he gets cleared to where he can start seeing live pitching, we'll have some of our guys throw to him. Plus, he's standing in on guys getting loose in the bullpen. We're just putting a screen in front of him. Don't want him to have to jump out of the way with a broken foot. He wants to play. He's already told me when I get back in the lineup, I'm never coming out. So I hope that's the case. Wow, that's that's a that's bold. I mean, there's there's no reason not to believe him. Um, but you said five more weeks. It's been three and a half since that first update. No, I'm saying five total. Five so total. Okay, five total so, from February fifth. Yeah, so we're we're talking about a week and a half from now. Okay, which would be who do they play next weekend? Uh, it's McNeese State, isn't it? Okay, probably sounds right. So yeah. So, we we mentioned uh, at at the outset when we were talking about his injury for the first time that we're we're talking about like the start of SEC play. So theoretically, he should be back for that. Yeah, I think I think at this point he could definitely be back. I think you can sit him for that McNeese State series, let him, or or even bring him in, just let him get into the groove. You know, baseball is a little bit of a different sport, whereas like maybe in football and basketball you would sit them and let them get fully healed up. I think baseball you might actually want to play them instead. The 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 reps you you got to get the timing back and 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 the reps in those games would be important I think it could be like a rehab assignment against McNeese State for Peyton Stovall <laughs> precisely good analogy yes um okay a few more interesting notes just like small little things um I wanted to remind you that Hudson Polk could potentially DH so we talked about his grand slam and his first at bat. Uh, DVH said on pregame he had been swinging the bat really well in the preseason. I think that's something we've talked about. You know, Hudson Polk wants to be a coach, but also he's swinging the bat really well. Like, when you talk about this catcher room, he's definitely at the bottom. That's why he was the fourth one to start. You know, no offense to Hudson Polk at all, but he's swinging the bat well enough where DVH was definitely like, yeah, he could DH for us if needed. So another option. And then another DH name that you might be thinking about, Reese Robinette. Big country. Uh, some some instances so far this season where I thought he could come in and pinch hit. Sounds like he could redshirt Robert, which would be interesting. It it would be interesting for him to play as a freshman and then redshirt as a sophomore. I feel well, like that's not a not a common occurrence in college baseball, but I think the reason I think the reason they want to redshirt him is because they're upset that they played him last year. Um Dave said um, I don't want to just play him a little bit. He played a little bit last year, so it could be a situation where he redshirts, but we don't know yet. We're just going to keep working him, and we think he's going to play here. We just want to make sure that we're fair all the way around there. So I'm cool with that. Like, if you say, hey, we're going to redshirt Reese Robinette as a sophomore, that way, as a junior, he can be an everyday starter because we know he's going to take a step up because he's the type of guy that could – I mean, he could he could have a Chad Spanberger-type season. He's that good at the plate. He's a really good hitter. It it does feel that way. And and the other thing is we've seen it in-game, too. I mean, he <laughs> – you know he could he could not play another college baseball game and he he would have a a huge accomplishment to talk about which is having a pinch hit home run at the eventual national championship winner last year i mean that that was a that was a huge knock and uh it's you know it's a shame that he hasn't gotten too many chances to uh to you know build on that but at the same time we we know it's in there it, it it'll come whether it's this year or next yeah, no, I agree that it's going to come. I really agree that it's going to come, Robert. You're you're crazy. <laughs> um. So, how about uh... that silence, man? <laughs> Move on, good lord. <laughs> okay, so we got Arkansas versus Murray State this weekend. Let's get into some bold predictions for the weekend, Robert. I hope you have bold predictions because we didn't even talk about this. We didn't even prepare for this. We we did not prepare for this. Oh gosh, uh, you want to go first here? Yeah, I'll go first with my bold prediction. I'm gonna say that Vahiva Aloy hits two dingers. I'm gonna say it. 
I should actually check the weather before I say this, because I did not check the weather before saying this. The weather is a huge factor when it comes to Vahiba Aloy. It's going to be 70s all weekend. Vahiba Aloy, two-home run weekend. He's really – look, dude, it's either – it's to me, it's now or get benched, to be honest. Like, once you've once you've reached three weekends, I know he did well towards the, the second half of the first weekend. What did he do on Tuesday? I can't even remember. Aloy? He, he had Aloy a, he, was one. He had a hit. That's one it. for three with a double. And I, I meant to mention this, too. That that double, when he hit it, you, you could just see a huge ear-to-ear smile from second base. So you you could tell he was he was excited to finally get that knock. Yeah, so the double is going to give him the confidence that he needs. Uh, look, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go as bold as to say he's going to hit a home run in his first at-bat of the weekend. He's going to hit two home runs. Vahiva Loy, give him two dingers. Announce his presence with authority. In, in in the first one, I like it. Hey, he's um, a little bit country, but he's also a little bit reggae, if you know what I mean. I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, is it bold enough to say back to back six inning shutout performances from Brady Tiger? Mm. Mm. I mean, he's got he's got a sub one ERA this year, right? Um, so like it wouldn't be unusual, and yet. To have three really strong starts back to back to back, uh, you know, Hagen Smith uh, is ineligible to do that so far. So, I mean, know. you could say Hagen Smith strikes out eighteen batters. <laughs> yeah, I could, but I I'm not I'm not feeling that one. Uh, you know, speaking of Brady Tiger, though, we had an interesting thread on our message board, the trough at hogbeat.com this week talking about Tiger, and you know, it was after the weekend series, before the Grambling game. And it was really, what do you do with the lineup right now? And a lot of people were saying, we're trying to take Tiger out of the starting rotation and maybe throw a freshman like Gabe Gackle or Colin Fisher. That way you could have Tiger as a closer and maybe you win the Oklahoma State game um, and you don't have as much trouble at the end of the Michigan game. I don't like it. It's the same situation. I get it. I get it. I completely get it. If the lineup's not working, like, if the lineup isn't working, then you have to change something with pitching because you don't have a choice because the lineup's not working. I get that. But at the time, we were only, what, how many games into the season are we now? Eight. Eight. So we were only seven games into the year when the thread was up, and I was like, okay, the, I'd rather leave the guy who threw six scoreless in the starting rotation. Um, but also, it's a situation where, like, last year when Hagen Smith was the wild card and he wasn't starting – and they would bring him in on Friday, and sometimes that would be the only time they would use him. And it's like you could get six innings out of Hagen Smith, or you could get three innings out of Hagen Smith. Same thing with Brady Tiger. I would rather have six. I I would rather have six. I mean, they they spent all year, despite his injury last year, building him up to showcase his stuff in a starting role. I don't know why you wouldn't do it now. Um, and also, he's been good. It's not. It's not that like he's been struggling, and it's like okay, let's change it up to help him get his mojo back. He's been. He's he threw six scoreless against Oklahoma State, and they lost. Right, like I said, sub one ERA, sub one WHIP. Those those are ridiculous numbers. I mean, granted, he's played what James Madison and Oklahoma State, so you know it's not SEC competition, but you can only pitch against the teams you're scheduled to pitch against, and uh, he's given up one run in eleven innings. I mean. Let that continue. I okay. Circling back to the bold prediction, I will say his numbers are as good or better than his Oklahoma State's uh, start. Recapping: six innings, three hits, two walks, six strikeouts, no runs. Okay, sounds good. All right, we've got a Brady Tiger quality start, basically, and a Vahiva Oloy two home run weekend. Those are our bold predictions. Let us know your bold predictions on Twitter if you want to tag us at Diamond Hogs Pod. Uh, will definitely not respond. I don't respond to anything on Twitter. <laughs> for 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 good reason, because I don't want to get in a fight with anybody on Twitter. Not really, not really about it anymore. So but we'll 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 at least read your bold prediction. <laughs> we will. Maybe we'll even throw you a retweet. Maybe we'll do that. Um, so yeah. Big weekend ahead for the hogs. Any yeah. Any uh anything bad going on in your life this week, Robert? Because my computer broke and I'm just like really struggling right now. Um, bad. I don't know. I mean, I have to go to work as soon as I jump off this pod. So yeah, maybe that. But no, not really. 
I just we're not at Arlington anymore. Yeah. That was cool. I'll tell you what, man. I don't know. I don't remember if I said this on Monday or not, but Arlington kicked my butt. It was a Did long it? weekend. It 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 certainly was a long weekend. The and fourteen it, you inning know. game on Saturday was just not it. And then going out drinking after said fourteen inning <laughs> game. What you went out drinking after that game? I mean, I, I was off of work. It was my Friday night. I'm just kidding. We all went out drinking. We had a good time. <laughs> all right. Let's get to Thomas McNam, my good friend, my good buddy from high school and left-handed pitcher from Murray State. The Diamond Hogs Podcast is the premier Razorback baseball podcast. All right, we now welcome on Murray State left-handed pitcher Thomas McNabb. He's a product of Conway High School, the greatest high school in the in the dang state of Arkansas. Isn't that right, Thomas? Hey, that's right. You know it is. Okay, so so um, are you happy? This is my first question. Are you happy that Austin Ledbetter is no longer on the team? Just because you don't you don't want to have Bryant guys, uh, you know, anywhere. So now you don't even have to worry about him being uh, on the Arkansas Razorbacks, especially with him being so good in high school at Bryant, dude. We're just not going to acknowledge Will McIntyre. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot McIntyre went to Bryant too. That's yeah, he, he's man. a Bryant kid. Yeah, um, but Thomas, man, we're happy to have you on. Just uh, first of all, you know, I know you came back with the team uh, when y'all played at Arkansas State. You came back to the state of Arkansas, but now coming to Fayetteville, just being back in the state, how excited are you? I'm sure you'll have a ton of family there. Dude, man, it's awesome. You know, kind of when you play college ball, you kind of think of the things, you know, growing up watching Arkansas. It's like when you don't go there, you're like, man, it'd be awesome to be able to play at that field because, you know, last time – I was on that field was I think it was 2018 state championship and we uh we got beat pretty bad by Harbor so you know being able to be here and have a bunch of friends and family who haven't I'm in my fifth year of college and some of them hadn't even seen me play yet so being able to have that opportunity is amazing man I can't wait I'm excited um what's, what's the coolest ballpark you've played in so far I mean I, I imagine Baumwalker could top that list on Friday but it could, but a, a close up to the top will be uh, Suplesio Field uh, Junior College World Series. That was uh, that was pretty awesome too. Um, sorry, Robert, I I I inter- interrupted you earlier, but I was trying to ask Thomas about that 2018 Conway team because it's it's starting to become a pretty loaded team now because you've got Jordan Wicks who was a first round pick, you got James Hicks who's now in the bigs, you got you. I feel like I'm forgetting someone else. Reed Hughes was Reed Hughes on that team. He is. He plays football at Auburn, and then uh, Cade White played uh, baseball at UCA for a little while. So we kind of we had a, we had a pretty good squad. Yeah, that uh, you guys lost to Harbor and Blake Adams, right? Yeah, he did it all himself too. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, so then you went, but you went to Crowder College. Um, James was telling me that he had no intentions, uh, or James Hicks, that is former South Carolina pitcher for those who don't know, um, also from Conway. He was telling me that, um, he didn't, he didn't have any plans to go play college baseball. And then a coach from Crowder, uh, saw him pitch in summer ball and then talked him into it. Was that, was yours something similar or how did your story go to get to Crowder? Yeah, man, it was pretty, pretty similar story. So I wasn't really, you know, being from Conway, I wasn't just dying to play college baseball. I was just going to go to UCA and, you know, be a be a college kid. And um, Coach Gum and Coach Harlan over there at UCA actually ended up offering me a preferred walk-on spot at UCA. So I was like, you know what, I'll I'll give it a shot. Might as well. I'm already going to be going to school there. I ended up getting in to the baseball side, and I was like, man, like I'm really happy I didn't give it up. Like I still love this game like I always had. And then my freshman year was COVID, so we got cut off. I didn't have, you know, didn't travel, didn't have any innings logged or anything like that. So I was like, you know, I'll I'll go back. You know, I have no reason not to leave, you know, COVID. So went back for the fall, you know, didn't – had a good freshman year, did not have a great sophomore fall. You know, my exit meeting was kind of like I was planning on transferring to junior college, and then they were like, what do you think about junior college? So it kind of lined up perfectly. And they had a couple schools in mind, and, you know, I had called James. I was like, hey, man, like, I'm looking to go to junior college. I talked to Crowder a little bit out of high school, but didn't really want to take that route. What do you think? And he was like, yeah, man, no worries. I'll get you get you in touch with the coaches. And then playing summer ball for Chase Brewster and Arkansas Sticks 
one of the assistants at Crowder was also Arkansas Sticks coach. So he hit me up and then that's kind of how that train got rolling. So pretty, pretty similar story there. How, how much uh, has, has the Juco level at playing at the Juco level helped you with your baseball career? I mean, uh, Arkansas fans know quite well with uh, Peyton Holt and Cody Adcock coming out of there a couple of years ago uh, yeah. and, you know, countless guys before that, but I'm, I'm curious about you. Funny story. Peyton was my uh, roommate, my first year at Crowder. But, um, you know, just being on a team with guys like Adcock and Peyton Holt and Jacob Mizorowski, who's a second round pick, topping 102 miles an hour, you get to see and you get to face that competition daily at practice. And then you kind of get to play with those guys, you know, when we're playing other teams. So it's just a, a bond that's created. And then when you're a successful program like Crowder is, you get to go to, you know, the regional tournament, district tournament. And then like we did two years in a row, got to go compete in the juco world series which is one of my roommates here at murray actually walked us off of the juco world series so a lot of connections made through through the junior college world and is the reason i'm at murray state today um what when you think back to juco ball you know everybody talks about just the the crazy things that you have to do like keeping up with the field all, all that stuff what was the worst part of juco ball for you uh i think i Whoops. I think I told this story the other day. So whenever we got snow, the um, the high school in Neosho, which is where Crowder is, is a turf field. And so our we have all natural field. So it was, you know, soaking wet, iced over, covered in snow. So what we had to do is get up. I want to say like 8 a.m. the morning before a game. And we were going to play at Neosho High School, but it had a layer of ice on it. So the whole team spiked up and went and walked across the ice so we could break it up so the sun could get through and heat up the turf so it could melt and we could play that day. So that was one of the, that was one of my better junior college experience stories there. Hopefully, hopefully uh, this, this one will be as well. Uh, you mentioned you were roommates with Peyton Holt, who's quickly become uh, a fan favorite in Fayetteville after hitting like what, 400 something, close to 400 down the stretch, uh, taking over for Peyton Stovall last year. We, we need a good Peyton Holt story. You got any of those? Good Peyton Holt story. A good Peyton Holt story would be back again, Juco World Series. He's playing, I think this is 2021. He's playing left field and dives for a ball, misses the ball, somehow manages to grab the ball underneath him on the ground, put it in his glove, holds his glove up, and umpires call him out. Man. He's got a little finesse to his game. Yeah. You know, you got to be a good salesman. <laughs> On um, a big stage like that, he 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 can do it. So uh, Dave Van Oren has has called Peyton Holt a spark plug. When you when you hear that and you think about Peyton and his game, what what do you think about Dave calling him a spark plug? I think that fits him perfectly because, you know, Peyton – He'll laugh. Not the tallest guy in the world, but, you know, that kid, he's he's strong and he's full of energy. So, you know, on maybe not a sunny day or rainy day, you know, he's going to – energy's low. He's going to be able to spark it up and get everybody going. I want to talk about the other guy that I mentioned that Arkansas fans know well, Cody Adcock. Uh, he, he had a great start one day last year, or maybe it was a relief appearance. I'm not sure, but it was the first time we had spoken to him as members of the media in a, in a post-game press conference. And he got there before the rest of his teammates who were supposed to talk to us that day. And he was just up at the table, like looking at the box score and asking a whole bunch of questions about all these stats. It was like, Cody, have you ever seen a box score before, dude? Like, <laughs> did they give you guys box scores at Crowder? No, nope. So well, we, got, we, got concept, a, we, we got a pitching chart and you filled out pitch type, ball and strike and result. And that was just, that was pretty much all we did there wow okay kind of just throw it kind of just throw you out there and let you play i mean it you know it's okay that's fine um it's just i guess i guess all we know is box scores we're just like stat nerds mm -hmm. you guys are out there doing the the real stuff so yeah um, he was like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen yeah he was like a little kid at a candy store <laughs> um thomas let's get back to your career though so you go from crowder to murray state how did that process go? And I'm always interested to hear about other teams that maybe you were talking to and stuff like that. 
Um, honestly, it was pretty pretty long process because you know I, I didn't pitch a whole lot at Crowder, but I still got the reps I needed with the players we had in practice and things of that such. So I graduate from Crowder. Our season's over. I'm still still looking for a four year, and it gets to about. I want to say July, and I'm narrowing down. I'm like, you know, Murray State has texted me, but haven't laid anything down on the table yet. And I've got an offer, a pretty good offer waiting from Southern Arkansas University, a good D2 down in Magnolia. And I was deciding between those two. And um, Coach Lawlman at Crowder called me. He said, as soon as our head coach at Murray, Dan Skirk, he said, as soon as he offers you, take it. Like, that's the guy you want to play for. He's a He's got Juco in him. You know, he's a great coach. And I was down to my last day. I was, you know, kind of holding out for them. I was like, all right. I think it was a Tuesday. And I was like, if they don't, you know, if they don't offer on Wednesday, I'm going to commit to Southern Arkansas. And I was actually working. And at lunch, Coach Skirka called me and ended up offering me. And I pretty much took it on the spot. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty hectic, you know, one or two months after our my JUCO career was over and looking for a place to go in August. But it, I'm glad it all worked out. I'm happy as can be here. Nice. I I can't imagine Murray State has like a huge media core. Like we talk about Arkansas, and you know there are two two rows in the press box covering every mm-hmm. game. Um, mm-hmm. What what is what is the media experience like for you as as a student athlete at Murray State? Like, do you get student reporters there? Do, is there a professional? Yeah. So, I, not professional reporters, but we have. It's a younger core of student reporters that'll you know kind of do what you guys do and probably not on the scale that you guys do it but I think it's something that's definitely up and rising at Murray State especially with the basketball team you know they've kind of been historically pretty good so that definitely helps out so I think it's starting to spread around to baseball and softball and football and other sports as well um when you when you look at where you're at now and, and and you look back to say that 2018 season with Conway um like when you look back at at where you were at where how far have you come and and what would you say you've improved the most at I just think I mean it was crazy I weighed what 140 pounds probably that year yeah you were you were a small guy I remember watching you on the mound and I remember when you committed to UCA like no offense at all I was like Thomas is gonna go play at UCA like I got lucky I got offered a walk-on spot there yep (laughs) I think I topped. I think I sat 78 to 80 my senior year. But I think just being around the game and the knowledge that I've gained from different players, different coaches, and obviously good pitching coaches, develop pitches, and being able to develop some velocity, I think is – I would have never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting in a hotel getting ready to play Arkansas whenever I was a senior in high school. Right. So you you guys have a pretty big opportunity in front of you this weekend. And I mean, obviously, you're going to want to go out there and win, you know, every, every game. But uh, even even if you were to go out there and get swept this weekend, like what what does this experience do for you guys in a season where like, you know, it's a, you're playing a high caliber program and you've got a mid major league schedule ahead of you. Like, does this give you a bunch of confidence going into league play, having played against, you know, the number two team in the country? I think. Playing in the Missouri Valley, which is a competitive mid-major conference, I think coming up here and playing a school like this, and say we do get swept, but being able to compete with the arms they have and the offense that they have, I think. I mean, Indiana State hosted a or we're supposed to host a super regional last year, but things didn't work out. So I think this is good preparation for us to, you know, being able to get back and compete with schools like them, Missouri State, who's good every year, Evansville. So I think this will be a good experience for us and a lot of our players to play on a big stage like bomb stadium. So uh, for you, you personally, the start to your season, how's it gone? Um, what's gone well, what hasn't gone well, and, and what are you looking for this weekend? Oh, it's compared to last year. I think we started two and seven, two and eight. So what a great start. So I think we're playing good ball right now. I don't think we're playing our best ball. Arms have been good. Offense have been good. I think we're leading the conference and, all the pitching categories. So I think a big test for us this weekend will be how our arms can face a top to bottom lineup like Arkansas has, which I think will do a I think will do a good job. And then offense, obviously Arkansas's got some pretty good arms. So I think they're excited to be able to face 
top caliber arms like Arkansas has. I know you said you've played a, a state title game in, in high school at Baumwalker before, but have, have you like been to a Razorback game there? Or did, did did the Razorbacks mean anything to you growing up? Oh, yeah, I was a huge, huge Hog fan growing up. But I think 2018 state championship was the last time I've been been to Baumwalker Stadium. So it's it's exciting to see the also advancements that have happened, like the and right field behind right field. All that stuff's new. That stuff's awesome. Um, another, another question here about Murray state, uh, because so you talked about the media coverage and stuff. So hard to figure out some stuff. This is actually from a friend of ours, Andrew Hutchinson, uh, Pennington and Valero. Why didn't they pitch last weekend? Do you know? Pennington started Friday. Valero came out of the bullpen on Saturday and it was kind of, so our opening weekend, Pennington didn't pitch. That's we what played it was, Purdue. Pennington we, on the opening weekend. We played Purdue-Fort Wayne, and we it was supposed to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we ended up going doubleheader Sunday and then game three on Monday and then midweek on Wednesday and then back to Friday night weekend wow. series. So weather kind of tossed some things around, but, I mean, we handled it well, and Pennington shoved. So All right. I, think, oh. I think we'll be ready to go this weekend. Hey, let me ask you about Carson Garner, because when I'm looking at, at, at y'all's stats, his just catch your eye right away. I mean, he's hitting 440. He's slugging over 1,000. Uh, can you tell us about what he does well, other than hit the ball really hard, I'm sure? I'll say he hits, he hits the ball hard. He's got a good eye. He draws a lot of walks. You know, he's even pitching against him in the fall. He's a tough out. So, you know, if he gets he gets a pitch he likes, it'll, it'll go a long ways. Are you are you still pretty close with James Hicks and uh, Jordan Wicks from Conway? Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to James. I try to talk to him close to three, four, five times a week. Jordan, you know, he's a little bit busier guy playing for the Cubs and all. But I'll see him when I go back to Conway, and still, you know, I still try to pick his brain on some baseball knowledge. So yeah, I still keep in touch with those guys too. Uh, I I was gonna ask, um, you know. Have you do you ever like work out with those guys or throw with them or pick their brain at all just about baseball and pitching and stuff like that? When they so when they come back home, I try to get as much of that in as I can. You know, James kind of fluctuates between going back to Columbia and working out at South Carolina there and Jordan's schedules all over the place going meeting people, signing I don't know what he does, but he does all kinds of stuff with the Cubs. But whenever they're in Conway, I usually try to get together with them and kind of talk a little bit of ball with them. This is this is a, a really niche thing, but it would help me prove a point in the future. I love to tell people about how good of a kicker Jordan Wicks was in high school. Can you can you tell the people about how good of a left-footed kicker he was? Unbelievable. I think probably if he wanted to, he could have kicked at K-State. I mean, that guy was nails, about as nails as he is a pitcher. I mean, he yeah. sets up the kick and it's going in regardless. Um, another, another Jordan Wicks question. So he was, I mean, literally undefeated his senior year at Conway until that state title game. Um, I know when he went to K-State, he, he was big 12 freshman of the year, you know, just really blew up that were you expecting that from him? And, and maybe also two parter, were you expecting him to blow up? And was he, did, was he ever upset about maybe Arkansas not offering him or anything like that? Uh, I don't, I haven't talked to him that dead about it. I know he was, I knew he was going to be a dog. Cause it's, I mean, it's Jordan, you know how Jordan was. I think he wanted, I think he wanted to go to Kansas state and, you know, be a, be a weekend guy immediately, which, you know, at Arkansas, I think he could have done it, but you know, it, they got some dudes there. I don't even, I think who was in the rotation his freshman year that had been, I don't know, Blaine Knight maybe, or is that too far back? 2019, so Isaiah Campbell, Campbell Patrick yeah. Wicklander. Who who was the third in that one? Can't it, remember. Was it Noland? Noland, yeah. Noland was a yeah. freshman that year, I think. Yeah. Um so but I mean I think K State was a good fit for him, kind of get away from the whole Central Arkansas deal. Cause you know, he's committed to A State and then ended up decommitting from there and committed to K State and kind of just took off from there. Um, this is a, a JUCO question. So as someone who is, who has gone from JUCO to a bigger program and has seen success, um, how, do, how, how hard is that jump? Cause Arkansas has some guys right now 
Um, you know, Will Edmondson, I think, is a guy specifically. He's batted lead off the the past two games, but he he's just come from JUCO. How hard is that jump, or is it hard? I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough jump. I think the thing that sticks out. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Is the depth on four year, you know, Division one schools like we'll play JUCOs and they'll have a good top three hitters. And once you get through the top three, top four, you know, you'll be all right. But then when you get to uh, move on to your next program, it's going one through nine, three weekend starters, five guys out of the bullpen that can all 90 with three, four different pitches. So I just think it's the really the depth. That's the biggest jump. I'm I'm going to jump in and steal Mason's questions here. We, we, we discussed this earlier, but um, you know, during, during the fall, when, when we would watch scrimmages, um, <laughs> If if a guy was underperforming, and I'm I'm gonna truthfully say right now that I've never I've never said these words, but I've heard them said a lot. Uh, if a guy's not doing well, uh, I, I've heard it said that you know he should he should go play uh, his his sophomore junior year, whatever year it is at Crowder. Uh, do you do you find that offensive at all? I don't think it's offensive. I think just because of how good Crowder is, like the program. I think it's a chance for them to, because you know we had we had a few Arkansas bounce backs on Crowder and they ended up moving on to school. So I think it's more about getting reps than you know kind of sitting behind somebody who's very talented. Obviously, it's good to learn from those guys, but baseball is all about getting reps too. So I think if you go somewhere like Crowder and get the reps, then you could end up either right back or somewhere on the same caliber as Arkansas. It it definitely felt like the that was always said in a disparaging way, but that's a good way to look at it for sure. No, that's a that's a great answer, and I look, I'm definitely the one who says it, and and and, but I'm glad that you answered it that way, Thomas, because um, I know some people specifically who you know have been told one thing by a school, whether it be Arkansas or or, or another school, and then maybe that doesn't pan out because they get some other player, whether it be you know they didn't get drafted or they didn't end up transferring to whatever school so maybe you know when you were in juco did you ever experience like that type of guy coming in um where maybe you know say he was committed to arkansas just for example it could be another school and it just didn't really paint out and then you know last resort he's gonna go play juco ball and uh, crowder for a year did you ever experience that or something I think a great example was Clayton Gray. You know, he was he committed Arkansas as freshman year of high school and went for one semester and then came to Crowder and now he's starting every game in center field or left field maybe for Austin P. And then Jackson Cobb's a good example. He went to Arkansas for a semester, came to Crowder, and then now he's he went from Kansas and now he's starting at Georgia Gwinnett, who's a top NAIA team in the country. So I think you see it kind of let them get there to Arkansas and kind of see what they're getting into and realizing that, you know, it might be till their junior year before they play and they don't want to wait that long. They want to get the reps in now. So they kind of bounce back to Juco and their careers really start there, to be honest. From, from my uh, pining through Crowder rosters, uh, players who fit that bill include Reese McWilliams, Landry Wilkerson, and Trey Harris, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. Landry, good buddy, great buddy of mine. Went to Crowder, went to Arkansas, went back to Crowder, and now he's at went to Louisiana Lafayette. Now he's at Southeastern, another top five in AI school, starting I think almost every game. So now it's not all the same timeline, which is the beauty of baseball. So, so that you know, all the different schools that you're talking about, him bouncing around that process of 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 just baseball of the communicating from different coaches, recruiters, scouts, like I'm sure you experienced it. You, you talked about how it was, you know, a stressful time. Um, you know, how, what's that like, especially now with social media where you're so accessible? Like I, I we, we booked this interview through DM on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's stressful, you know, cause you don't know like who's like, I didn't know when I transferred to Murray state, I did not know a single person. So, you know, having to worry about going in, making friends, hopefully you fit what the coaches want, which is kind of what you set up visits and all that kind of stuff for. But it's definitely stressful trying to figure out if what you want kind of matches what they want on the same page to an extent. All right. This is going to be my last question. Um, What's next for you, man? 
Um, you're a redshirt senior now. Do you have eligibility left? I don't even. I mean, you know, so I don't. I don't have eligibility left. You know, hopefully had a pretty good year last year. Hopefully to bounce off it this year and look at my chances for pro ball and kind of if that doesn't work out, and we'll you know let life take over and see what happens. You might have to uh, work your way back down to Conway. That would be unfortunate. Hey, I wouldn't be opposed to it. How often do you go back home? In the fall, I went back three times, one for my sister's wedding, and then I won't go back until summer probably this semester. So, All right, man. Well, Thomas, we really appreciate it, man. It was, it was fun to catch up, to talk to you, and we wish you the best of luck this weekend throughout the season, and uh, hopefully you can play some pro ball with the, with the rest of the Conway boys. That's right. I appreciate you for having me, man. Absolutely. Looking, looking forward to watching you throw this weekend, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.